Today, after our assembly, uh, not after this assembly, but after the second assembly, we're going to have 201 becoming part of the family. And so if you are a newcomer to us, if you're a, a part of a family that's new to us, or if you've been here for a long time but never gone through becoming part of the family, we'd very much like you to do so. That will happen at about 1230 today. And so it'll be in the fireside room. We're serving lunch for you. And we'd love to have you come. Would you please come up to me, though, at the end of the service? If you haven't already RSVP'd, if you come up to me and say, Kelly, I'm coming today, that would be great. That would help me... Uh, let Patty know that she's got quite, not quite enough food and she can go out and buy some hot dogs or something for you. Um, the second thing I need to mention is that, as a sad note, but Sharon Taylor's sister, Doreen Holland, who I don't know if you know Doreen, she has been coming here for years now, and I saw her last Sunday morning. And she passed away on Friday. Uh, it was totally a surprise. They found her uh, in her bed. She had passed away. And so we want to be remembering the Taylor family this morning uh, with their loss. I know that there will be a memorial for Doreen on Saturday here at the building. So why don't we pray right now and just ask God to be with the Taylors. Father, we'd ask that you'd be with Sharon and with Allison. And Father, we, uh, uh, with the loss of Doreen, this is significant, of course. Uh, so sudden and wasn't anticipated. And I know that they have just recently lost a brother as well. And so, Father, I pray that you would be with them uh, in the coming days as they try and wrap their minds around the loss of a loved one and as they work through this uh, in their lives. Give them peace and comfort. And, Father, help us to be there for them in every way that we can. It's through Jesus that we pray. Amen. Well, this morning we're going to get back to uh, fundamentals is maybe the best way to say it. On uh, Thursday night, the University of Oregon broke my heart. I always want the University of Oregon Ducks to do well. They have been ranked second or third in the NCAA football all year long. And I, you know, I thought, this is the year they're going to go to the national championship and win. They've been once now, I guess it is, in the last few years, maybe twice, just once. And they lost it. And then they were going to go last year, and the same kind of thing. They lost to Stanford, and they didn't get in. And on Thursday night, they lost to Stanford again. I know that Ronnie Sedora went to Stanford. I have severed my relationship with Ronnie. <laughs> um, but we, we, need to, uh, we need to be praying for those ducks. Now, we, what, what happened on Thursday night, though, I'm, is that they didn't play fundamental football. And sometimes you need to get back to the fundamentals. It's like this. The other day, my daughter was at the Marlboro Mall. And she's standing in OPA. She's ordered some food and she's waiting for her food to come. And this fellow comes up to her and he propositions her. This guy comes up and he says, hey, you know, how are you or whatever? Well, one of his, his first lines, one of his first lines was, and he was a black guy. One of his first lines to my daughter was, you know, I really don't like white people. This is true. This really happened. I really don't like white people. So they had a short conversation, and Megan said near the end of the conversation, well, I don't date black people that don't like white people. And she, and she wandered off. Well, good for her. I'm glad she didn't say, I don't like them either. That wouldn't have worked. So I would say to that guy, in terms of his fundamentals... You need to know who you're talking to. You don't go up and start asking girls out when you know absolutely nothing about them and say things like, I don't like white people when they've grown up in a white family. 
that's not going to work. Well, this morning, we're going to go back to some fundamentals that I think are really crucial. You know, I remember when I first came into ministry, when I first started in ministry, the big theme or the thing that people talked about all the time was church growth. And they thought they were getting back to fundamentals because they were talking about people and bringing people to Jesus. But what it turned into was a discussion about numbers. And anybody who was around then and knows anything about the church growth movement, it really became something focused on numbers. And people got tired of that very quickly, and it frustrated them that the church was so focused on numbers. And so we were always asking questions like, how many parking spots do we have? Do we have enough? How many toys do we have in the nursery? Do we have enough, and are they nice enough? How many adult classes do we have? And it was all oriented toward that numbers game. Well, I'm grateful that in the last few years, especially, there has been a shift taking place within the church, a shift toward becoming more and more what God wants us to be in terms of being disciples. And that makes total sense because the whole discipleship thing is absolutely fundamental to who we are. And so this is a core text in the New Testament. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go... And in the New Testament, this is not underlined and boldened and italicized, but I did that. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. Discipleship is right at the core of who we're supposed to be. And making disciples is right at the core of who we're supposed to be. And so we, I think, if we're going to get right back to fundamentals, need to ask a question this morning about what exactly is a disciple? And there is scriptural evidence for what is a disciple. And, that, and the reason for that is because the word disciple is the same word as follower or follow. And so this says from Matthew 4.19, Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. Well, there's some things I think we should see in that, namely, is that a disciple is one who is first following Jesus with his head. And that means you make a decision, a commitment to follow Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And if you're a Christian this morning, that's what you've done. Maybe I even ask you, if you, if you were baptized here during the time I've been here, you could have come here and I would have said, what do you think about Jesus? Who is he to you? And we would want you to say, Jesus is the Lord of my life. I give myself to him, and we become followers of Christ. We're also being changed by Jesus. And so there's transformation that takes place in our hearts. And then committed to the mission of Jesus with our hands, our activity, our lives, we're following after Jesus and doing what he did. And so if Jesus is going to fish for men, he's going to call us to fish for men as well, and we're going to do what Jesus did, becoming fishers of men. Well, that's a pretty straightforward statement, I think, about what it means to be a disciple. But it has ramifications for us because Jesus commanded it. We want to be disciples of Jesus who are about the task of helping others be disciples of Jesus. And that just flows right out of what the Great Commission is. That we are disciples of Christ who go about making disciples of others. And so we want to be disciples who are making disciples. And the fact is, and this is right at the core really, of asking this question, we have to ask ourselves, is that me? Is that you? Is that what we're doing? Are we about the task of making disciples 
for Jesus. Well, there's something else that we learned along the line in the course of seeing the, the necessity, the importance of being disciples who make disciples for Jesus. And the fact is, it's been tested, evaluated, and proved over and over and over again. Disciple-making best happens in loving relationships. That's where it happens best. We know that when people meet others and build relationships with them, that they have a chance to disciple those people for Jesus. And so if you happen to be, maybe you've got your journals with you this morning, maybe you even have the capacity of taking some notes, and I would love to have you take this one note at least. Big point number one, we want to be disciples of Jesus who are about the task of helping others be disciples of Jesus. And so we want to be disciples making disciples through loving relationships. And that's essentially what we've just seen. That the New Testament calls us to be disciple makers and that the New Testament calls us to do that specifically in loving relationships. And if you've ever wondered whether or not that can actually work, I guarantee you that it can. And if technology does me a service this morning, then we're going to show a video right now that illustrates exactly what we're talking about. Okay, gentlemen. Recognize her? One of the moments in my life, one of my experiences would be when I was, I had been living here for about two years and attending the Calvary Church of Christ. When um, the summer of 2001, I decided to join the church baseball team. And after one of the games or practices, um, I had driven one of the team members home, Susan. And when I was backing away to leave, she had stopped me and she had asked me, I'd be interested in um, participating in just praying with her on a weekly basis and I had never experienced that before even though you know I've grown up in the church and so I thought it'd be a good opportunity so I said yes and for a while now we had been able to once a week we'd get together whether we were going for walks together or for um, just meeting together in a room and <clears throat> just being able to grow together spiritually and my prayer life had grown with that as well and I just thought it was good for our friendship too that we were able to grow I didn't know her as well and um, we were able to grow in our friendship along with being with our spiritual side as well Well, Susan's a dear friend of mine. We've known each other for so many years now. And she's just such a great Christian example for myself and just the elements that she has as a spiritual woman. She's been a mentor. She's been a sister to me. She's shown me um, what it's like to be holding ourselves accountable to each other, that I, I know that I can rely on her, that I can call on her. And she's always has the best interest of um, God in mind, and God is the center of our, our relationship. And if ever I need to ask her for some advice or we're just bouncing ideas off of each other, um, she just has um, a spiritual side of her that she's always relying on God or from what Scripture says. And I think that has helped us 
grow and it's shown me what it's like to have someone in my life be a good Christian example for me and knowing how I can grow into and it's just shown me that that I can be an example for other people as well or continue that sort of relationship that that I can be taking initiative and asking someone to pray with me or just along those lines that that I can be a mentor as well and I can see in the women older than me that they've been an example to me and a great blessing in my life. Well, thank you very much for sharing and uh, I hope that you enjoy yourself in Jamaica. Right now as we're watching, this is probably minus 10 and snowing outside because it's Sunday, <laughs> but I hope you're enjoying Jamaica. Thank you. We just wanted to put the last prof in that part in there to prove that I'm a prophet. <laughs> it's either that or because I listened to the uh, weather reports and <laughs> knew that was coming. Well, Rebecca, I thought, did a great job of talking about what it means to have a discipling kind of mentor relationship with somebody else. We've said that that uh, building relationships with others is the key to discipleship. And that discipleship is the key to what God wants us to be doing. And so we've, I hope, kind of given ourselves to being just exactly that for people, being disciple makers, building relationships with others. But I have a big point, too, that I want us to see this morning. If I can get this going. You guys want to advance it for me? There we go. I'll see if I can advance it from here, and then if I can't, you guys can. Big point two. It has been tested, evaluated, and proved over and over again. And this is kind of what I said before about these things being so... uh, They've just become part of the knowledge that we have about Christianity. These things are tried and true. And in this case, what we know is that making disciples, helping others follow Jesus, happens best in the loving relationships that happen when Christians are involved in small group experiences. I don't know if there's anything that is so securely grounded in terms of just historical, pragmatic facts about Christianity as this one is. This has been proven over and over and over again. They have tested it and tested it and tested it, and church after church after church has tried it. And these kinds of loving relationships, especially when they happen in small group experiences, are responsible for the success of so many churches who've given themselves over to this. In fact, you could almost say this. You could almost say that churches who don't do this set themselves up in one sense for failure in comparison to those churches who do it. And sometimes churches talk about doing it, but they don't really do it. And if they would just do this, God will, in fact, we think, bless their efforts. Because it happens so often over and over again. Another point to make. It's not a big point, but this is a point. Our life groups exist for the purpose of making disciples through loving relationships. That's why we have them. And that's why it's been so important to us over the last little while to say to people, please, please, if you have any chance at all, make time in your schedule. Somehow fit it in. Be a part of a life group. 
Because if making disciples is the primary job that God wants us to get done in his world, and if this is the best way for us to do this, then being part of a life group that will allow us to build these discipling kind of relationships has to be one of the highest priorities that we have as Christians. Now, fortunately, we have some great life groups here. And we have another video that we want to show now that talks specifically about the kind of life group experiences that we have here. What do I like about life groups? I like the uh, deeper relationships, getting together with friends again. Because it gives me the chance to connect with people I wouldn't see at other times throughout the week. I, I love the chance to get to know people better. We get to know their families, their children. I'm getting to build relationships and see my friends. The sense of community and how well we all know each other. The fellowship that we can have with all the members. Of You're the hope to the hopeless. You're the peace to the restless. Just on a deeper level to share and to feel accepted and that you're heard. That might be different from the bigger group on Sundays. The church is, is, is great and it's big, but with small group, it's like a, a real family. Send our regards to your parents. Tell them that uh, they are always welcome to come back here. All the kids get together and play. Uh, totally unlike Sunday morning church. I like group because because the adults can mingle, like talk and everything, but and the kids can do that too. Uh, they're just a riot and it's a bit of chaos. I like seeing my kids interact with um, other people's kids and with adults and see how they grow to know Christ better through um, just conversations with other believers. It's a boost during the week for me. Because everybody really wants to be here talk about what's most important to us. I can express myself. Uh, it's just it meant a lot to our whole family. It's for each other in our walk towards Christ. I'll meet God in the middle of real life happening. It's really transformed my Christian faith. Come and relax and, and learn about the Bible at the same time. All kind of different perspectives of what it actually means. I like the storytelling, which solidifies that scripture. Good. And the food's always good. <laughs> I like the food and playing around with Dad and Chantel. I like Cameron <laughs> and the community, but mostly Cameron. <laughs> Pretty cool, eh? Thanks to John Casella for putting that together for us. One of the things that I should have done, I didn't do this, before I watched this again, I should have counted the number of life groups that were represented because there were a bunch. And it's, uh, it's a great blessing to be a part of a church that has all of these life groups functioning. The, the wonderful thing would be if 100% of you that are sitting out there right now would be part of one. 
that would make you make things even better. And it wouldn't be just because we have a chance to build relationships with you. That would be good. But it would be because we have a chance to build discipling relationships with you, which is even better and is really what God wants us to do. Well, we started with this question in the beginning here. What is a disciple? And we looked at this scripture. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I'll make you fishers of men. And we looked at the fact that a disciple is one who's following Jesus, being changed by Jesus and committed to the mission of Jesus. But here's what a disciple means, perhaps, at its core essence, even more than those things. Discipleship means growth. It means moving from one level of discipleship to another. There's a study that's been done by Tom Rayner and Geiger, and they talk about this and the importance of growth in the life of a Christian. And for churches, how important it is that they focus on discipleship and growth in order to be successful for God. Here's what they say. Church leaders who have designed a simple biblical plan to make growing disciples are effectively advancing the movement of the gospel. These churches are making a big impact. And at first it sounds like, well, big impact. Is that what we want? We want to make a big impact. And the answer, of course, is yes. We do want to impact our world. We want to impact our world for Jesus Christ. We want God to have more of a role in the lives of people today than what he had yesterday. And if we can design a simple biblical plan to make growing disciples, we're going to be more effective at this. And the fact is, that's exactly what we've done. And so big point three, it makes sense that we must have a simple plan for helping new followers of Christ to grow. This plan for individual growth must be clear. It must move people toward maturity. It must be integrated fully into our church. And that's exactly what we've done. What is a disciple? It's someone moving from spiritual infancy to spiritual maturity. And I'm sure that you can't see, I guess you can, the full process of the wheel there. Every one of us at some point started out dead to the world and dead to God. We were just dead. Sin does that in the life of a person. It kills us. But then we have a chance to come to Jesus and have something drastically different take place. We can be born again in him. And we move through that stage where, and I moved through this, I remember it like it was yesterday, knowing almost nothing, being an absolute infant in Jesus Christ to the point of where I could be a child and begin to grow and understand some things, Transform, transforming, I think, from child to teenager. I'd like to think that I'm a parent. Sometimes I wonder if I'm the parent that God wants me to be. But there's definitely a process of growth that God wants us to achieve. He wants us to go through this. And so discipleship, in addition to the things that we've talked about this morning, means for all of us growth. And we so badly want every person here to move toward being the growing disciple that God wants you to be. Well, some big points. You've seen those. We want very much to be disciples. We want very much to have loving relationships with others so that we can help them be disciples. We know that the life groups of which we're part are a key to being the kind of disciples that Jesus wants us to be and to making the kind of disciples that Jesus wants us to make. 
And we all have a chance to grow to become exactly that. And so I hope you're growing. I hope you're making disciples. I hope we're all headed in the same direction toward being the kind of disciples that God wants us to be. Let's pray. Lord, for every person here this morning, there is a path for us to follow. There's a goal for us to reach. Father, we want to be the disciples that you want us to be. Father, I thank you that our church is in the position of having some things in place that make discipleship easier, more effective. And so pray, I'd pray, Father, this morning that you'd help every one of us to be a part of this process. Help us to be part of the, the discipling process, the making of disciples process, the growing process. Help us to be part of, of building relationships with others so that we can indeed disciple them for you. And Father, we believe that we can be effective in our world, that we can have an impact if this is the case. Stir our hearts, move us forward, help us to be disciples of yours. We pray through Jesus. Amen.